Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you. So I wanted to talk about reference points. Sometimes the it's very easy to misunderstand and create another reference point of what it's like to get rid of reference points. And then we start to tie down on that, lock in on that. And what I'm endeavoring to point to is very, very challenging. It's very difficult to see. It's difficult to, to get to a point where, you, where you're doing something that is according to the, the instruction that I'm endeavoring to give. Uh, that does not that has no proof that you can't you can't say well I'm doing what Sokazan said you won't know it because to do this is actually you're the one who's doing it I'm just pointing at it though I may use literal don't do this do that I may use some of that it's very difficult it's very challenging but I'm I'm endeavoring to give you your true identity back to you simply put and that's coming from how it looks to me, not how it looks to... I'm not following any rules of Buddhism or anything at all, or anything that my teachers said. They, they said it in a different way. They're pointing at the same thing. I can't just say what they said. I just repeat what they said. You can read their books. And I'm saying that seeing what this is looks like you don't really see anything you don't have any you don't have any uh, anything to grasp there because it is so empty that's a traditional word in buddhism it is so empty of what of it's empty of what it is it's empty of how it appears but it's full of what it is it's, it's difficult to point to this and if you see it, then you may be quite amazed that other people don't see it because it's right in front of you all the time. So when we meet or when I meet someone who is disheveled or all mixed up and confused, uh, I could say to them, if they understood what I said, if I said, just look at it, that you're actually looking at your mind, you are looking at the Buddha. You are looking at the truth. You are looking at reality. But you can't add anything to it. And you can't subtract anything from it. Or you can't ignore it. Why? Because you're not separate from it. You're actually looking at your mind. Not the individuated mind that is attached or uh, is involved with this body-mind complex we call a human being living a certain time span on earth and then going back into the dirt or the fire. It's, it's hard, but it looks like to me, if you continue to watch what moves in your mind or in your life without, without comment, someone says something, make no comment. I mean, respond to their question, but don't necessarily push or pull or shut down. Don't do anything with it at all. It's very tempting to 
act and try to get things right and straighten things up and explain things and explain your mind to others and why you're saying this, why you're doing this. Don't do it. Don't explain anything. But if someone asks you something and it's a direct question that doesn't seem to be uh, tied up in uh, trying to get something from you, if it's just a very straightforward, uh, why are you doing that? Why are you whatever it may be, why anything could be something very simple. Why are you making biscuits? Um, why are you uh, against this or for that? Then you can respond in a very conventional, straightforward way. You could say, you could say, I don't know. That's a response. I'm not sure about that. I'm just doing it. So again, if you listen to what I'm saying, and you do what I'm suggesting you do, or telling you to do, you can handle it however you want. Telling you to do, suggesting you do, recommending that you do. My motivation for that is I want you to see, you won't see what I'm seeing, you'll see what you're seeing. There's nothing to live up to. You're, it's not that your enlightenment and, and my realization or understanding will batch. Not interested in that. I want you to see what this is yourself. You may have to do some kind of, may have to go leave this altogether and go do some kind of tantric rituals and, or some other approach altogether. I'm not, if you come and say that, or if you, maybe you don't say anything, but if you go and do that, I don't think that's wrong necessarily. You're doing what your karma is telling you to do. You're doing what your life, your conditioning, your culture, mom and your dad or whatever, uh, your education, maybe you have to do those things. But if you're listening to me, consider it for a few moments. Just observe. Just receive, whatever shows up, receive it without comment. And that way, if you think about karma, it's totally impersonal. The, the karma is one explanation that is, this caused that. Of course it did. But it's, it's not, it doesn't cover what the teaching of Pratitya Samuppada or dependent origination covers. That covers everything. A thought, a thought that you're having now, and, uh, uh, palm tree uh, uh, in, in Palm Springs. Wouldn't have to be in Palm Springs. Let's say it's in Tampa. <laughs> and it's not, there's not two separate things. They're, they're not the same thing either, but they both spring from, from uh, dependent origination. They both spring from consciousness that is manifesting as objects and things, as pieces of dirt as whole peninsulas, as whole planets, sun and moon, all the suns and moons are dependently risen. I, I like to say, look at the look at the ground. Go outside, look at the ground. Look at and say to yourself, or ask yourself, what what is that? It's dirt. And what? How much? If I look further, how much more will I see? Well, <laughs> we live on Earth, so it's a big ball of dirt in the middle of nowhere relatively. But then if you look right up at the sky, if it's at night, when all those lights shine, then you can see and say, what is that? 
what what is that polarity that's there? It's an astonishing situation that you can look at closely. Might have to get a telescope. That particular polarity of this planet and everything else is very similar to everything else that's happening in the mind stream. And we, as individual human beings who want a reference point, want an understanding, we will grasp at something. We'll grasp at little things that arise in the mind, thoughts, memories, emotions, um, any kind of belief thing that's happening. And also add our relationships to others. We'll tighten up on our relationship to others. Not wrong. I'm not here to correct anything. But I want you to see what this is fundamentally, fundamentally what it is. To the two words I often use, you're not separate. You're not separate from that. All those galaxies out there. I'm not being romantic. It's just the truth. If you see it, you see there isn't anything else but this. There isn't anything else but you. It's not like you are some kind of master of the universe. There is no, there is no authority. And Coben said that. He said, more or less said, uh, get your own authority. <laughs> I, I think that your own authority is no authority. There is no authority. He didn't say that, I did. Has to be realized. You have to see it. You can't just think about it and conclude it or write a book about it. He never wrote any books. He wouldn't let his students publish anything. Coben. Whereas Trunk Jay had all kinds of books, I had hundreds of them, I guess. So when the reference point comes up, whatever it may be, just look at that. Don't push it away as something bad. Don't fluff it up as, as something you need more of. And don't turn away or ignore it. Those are the three descriptions or, or ways that we, we cover up the ego, the narcissistic part of the mind that keeps us going from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime and keeps us going from uh, one uh, success or one failure to another, to another, to another, on and on. There's some good examples of lifetimes that have been involved in that desperate search for meaning, the desperate search for success and for validation of who we are. And it's so very, very complicated because if you, I'm sure you know, if you go on YouTube and ask for something, uh, any question, you'll get all kinds of Responses and answers. Everybody knows something. The very, the very prison that you are in is a prison of knowledge, if I may say so. It's a, if, if you know anything, that imprisons you. Because then you can't see what this is, because you just know that, and you ignore everything else. Don't believe me. You don't have to believe what I'm saying, but you might consider it. Might look at it a little bit and see if, if that is happening in your mind stream. You, you can actually free yourself from that by watching, 
observing and seeing what arises in the mind without grasping, without rejecting, without shutting down. No more war with anything. So in that sense, you might have to be willing to allow any kind of negativity to come through your mind and, and have its way with you. This is a hard thing to understand. It takes practice. And the only practice I know of that really will help you see the negativity and no longer fight with it or ignore it, because those are the two ways. The other way is to, with passion, is just to explain it or blame someone. Every time you have negativity, you just blame somebody else. Blame your partner. Blame your marriage. Blame your country. Blame your politicians. Blame, 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 blame. And relatively, a lot of them are correct. But you can get hung up in that correctness. And someone who's here in this room, anyone who's here as a practice resident or a monk who's dedicated to this needs to work with that day after day after day after day until you see fundamentally what this is. And what it is is both uh, painful and difficult because it's the truth of suffering. And it's also, if you see what that is fundamentally, then it's liberation, freedom. You are free. And there is no one that's free. Just, you're just, it's just freedom. Because nothing is holding you down or back from anything. Even Alyssa's dog is not a problem. Uh, well, it might be to Alyssa, but it's not to us. What's that dog's name, Alyssa? This is Ollie. With an O? Yep. Oh, yeah. What's going on, Ollie? He's getting his neck scratched. Yes, he sits here and, and whines at me if I stop, so. <laughs> okay, we'll keep it up. <laughs> Don't want him interrupting me. So this is a this is an area that that if you if you see this, if you listen to what I'm saying and you practice and you see this eventually by watching the movement, thoughts arise and go away, emotions arise and go away. Memory comes and goes. You don't have to stop your thoughts. That's a different kind of teaching, which I practiced many, many years. Label thinking, return to the breath. I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just time consuming. This is also time consuming. But in this way, you're actually looking at the ignorance. You're looking at the passion. You're looking at, you're looking at the aggression. I just snapped my finger for the first time in 50 years. Well, maybe 30 years. Reference point, reference point. Reflect on that. Just anytime something happens, you will go away from that to find the reference point. Who caused it? When the object itself is its own cause, it's called dependent origination. And it's, if you want a sacred world, you have to look at the, the bits and pieces of the world. That's sacred. Everything is fundamentally sacred. We aren't going to have, as they've been saying, as Trungpa Rinpoche was talking about, an enlightened society if we keep 
churning up the craziness. Not to have a sane world unless we look at the sanity in our own minds. Very difficult to do, very challenging. Other questions? Yun. Yun bowing. I can sort of see how tightening down on another is, as a reference point, can be disrespectful to them. But how how is it disrespectful to ourselves? Say more. Tightening down on another. Well, I'm thinking of. Well, let's say our our children. We we maybe creating reference points out of our relationship to them and yeah. tightening them, tightening, you know, viewing them in our, the way they should be or ought to be or our preconceptions about them. And that could outflow disrespectfully, perhaps, to their intelligence. Is there a disrespect to ourselves when we do that? Probably. More? You're, just your question tells me uh, you're already aware of what that is. We have to, if they're children, we have to have some kind of say-so about what they're up to and what they're doing. Thank you. Excuse me. You and Bowing. When we tighten down on another, what do you mean by tighten down? Um, well, you use the phrase, and I kind of and I connected to it because it feels like a tight, a constricting thing in my mind. Okay, that sounds good. Go ahead. How are ref we, reference point. Yeah. How ahead. are we disrespecting our intelligence when we do that? Because you're taking a position on it, and you don't you don't have to take any position on anything. If you take a position on something, uh, chaos is soon to ensue of some so of some sort. Tighten down. No, no demand. If there's demand, if you have a demand, you're just you're just jumping on the merry-go-round. So cause and effect. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. And cause and effect will keep you in that circularity for lifetimes. Not to mention this whole life of 50, 48, 48 years, 89 years. You'd be trapped by your own mind stream because it's, it's easier in the, in the primary sense to just jump on that and go with that belief system. It's much harder to jump on that and go with that uh, if you're training your mind, if you're meditating. If you have a teaching, a teacher in a community, much more difficult to do that. But it's much more difficult in a different way to, to do that, because then you, you have to face your emotions, face your opinions, face your confusion. More? How is a belief deformed? Oh, is a belief deformed? Well, I, I don't know what you mean. Uh, the way I define a belief is uh, something 
that you come to a conclusion about, uh, even though you don't have all the, the, you don't have the context for it. You just, it's easier to just, in some senses, it's just to I believe something. And when you do that, that's a form of ignorance. You believe something. It's a belief. You believe this. People, and people throw this word around like crazy. Well, what do you believe? Uh, what do you, uh, I just, I don't believe that. We even hear Dharma teachers talking about belief. Very respected Dharma teachers uh, using the word belief. I think the, the famous, uh, extremely wealthy fellow uh, by the name of, uh, was it Wayne Dyer? Who's passed on now, bless his soul. Uh, called uh, uh, had a book called "You Believe It" or "You You See It When You Believe It." So he was encouraging people to just believe in, just believe in in his teaching, and then you'll see it. You know, I think that's a, a misguided. I have respect for him. I think he was a he did his very best to teach people, and and was quite enthusiastic about. And, and other teachers, he he supported uh, uh, a teacher that I uh, admire quite a bit. If, if I admire anything, it was Nisargadatta Maharaj. He considered him one of his teachers. And when I heard, heard that he did, I wondered why he didn't uh, follow some of his teachings a little bit. More? I can answer your questions all night. I don't mean disrespect on this teacher and what you just explained as that teaching of uh, believe it and then you'll see it, but it kind of seems like that's also something you've told us, but not in those phrases. No, not in those words, but you know, when we. I've said you see it. Like, uh, I'm. I'll work on it. I'll work on the question. Work on the practice, too. Okay. Eric Martin from Wyoming, Michigan asks, you've mentioned that we don't have control. I see that manifest when any attempt to stop spinning just creates more spinning. But when I realize I'm spinning, the spinning stops for a split second. Is awareness itself control just without a self? Is awareness control? Just without a self? Is awareness itself control just without a self? No, it's not. Awareness, uh, awareness itself is uh, seeing, uh, seeing the way things work. And the, the control part is uh, something is added. Nothing is really controlled. Nothing is controlled. What was that gentleman's name? Eric Martin from Wyoming, Michigan. I understand your your question, but the, the assumption of control, the assumption of an authority, those are all extra. Those are added in order to in order to control, in order to have some feeling of you can do it uh, this way or that way. You can control things. Anyone else, sir? Shoto bowing. How do we? How can I understand Coben's teaching of get your own authority or how you might say there is no authority yes. when I need to relatively make a decision or 
function out of some kind of relative authority? Just make make the decision. Uh, something shows up, and if it's a polarity, if you see this or that, don't do anything. If it shows up as a as a duality or polarity, that's telling you you're looking at dependent origination. Don't do anything. I mean it. Don't do anything. Now, now if it's a you could come back and say, well, what if it's really intense? I've only got 10 minutes. I have to make a decision. Don't do anything. And that 10 minutes will either give you an open, it will either show you what to do. And if it doesn't, you know, it was none of your business to start with. Even if it was about you or your family or, or anything. Don't, don't jump the gun on anything. There, there, you, there's nothing to gain. The, the appearance of gain is, is a complete delusion. And it's, a, it's disrespectful to this incredibly uh, sacred world to meddle with it based on your fear of being wrong. What if you don't get there in time? If we believe our thoughts, what will we see? If you believe your thoughts, then you'll just go wherever your thoughts take you. Conditioned, just conditioned. Uh, your conditioning, how you were raised, what you were taught, what you've been, what you're believing, what you don't believe, your society. There's so much in that mixture, and actually, it's mixed with what you're receiving now from, from this, uh, the, what, seven years you've been practicing here, off and on. So mixed with that. So you can't you can't sort it out. It's just that if you believe what you're thinking, or you believe what you're feeling, I don't care how smart you are, how sophisticated you are, you will be a prisoner of your knowledge. It's it's the mundane path, and it might be really successful, it might make a million dollars. If you do, help us, will you? <laughs> It's something I meant to say earlier to, to everybody, gratitude, much gratitude for all the help that we've gotten, this monastery's gotten, and the people that are associated with us to continue to run this situation that is a, doesn't have much support from the point of view of, we don't generate anything here. And, and if you can, please, please continue to help us. Much appreciated. How do we dismantle belief? Don't have to dismantle it. Just look at it and it will come apart. But you have to look at it and, and it will be about something. So if you look right at the belief, it starts to come apart because it's dependently risen. Because it is risen based on fear or hope, more than likely. Maybe some other words that may show up in that area, other descriptions. Just look at it more. Ian Bowing, and does it seem to matter what kind of intellect is seeing that belief? Into like emotional intellect or conceptual, intellectual, like when you say look, look at that belief. No. 
that what you wanted to know? I'm not sure. You ask me a question, I respond. Well, I kind of forgot what you said, so my question fall, fell apart. It often happens on. Further questions? Go ahead. When you started your talk, you said you're endeavoring to give your true identity back to us? Yes. I am. What is our true identity? Not separate from anything, anywhere. Unborn and unceasing. Who you are is unborn. Your body was born. You had uh, experiences with your nerve endings and everything in relationship to everybody else, and you have the feeling of being someone, so going somewhere. And some people are really smart. Some people are not so smart. Some people are born in wonderful p positions where they're just, they're born as with the, with the children of millionaires. <laughs> and others are born in the ghetto, you know, in a difficult area. And then they have those, those issues ha happening that make it very, very difficult to even stumble into a path like this. Yes. And you're bowing. So how can you, as a Dharma teacher, give our true identity back to us? I'm, I'm giving it to you. I'm telling you. Look at your mind. Look at your mind and don't accept it, don't reject it, and don't ignore it. Those are the three poisons, and they seem to work so very well. It's, it's very simple. Pushing, pulling, and shutting down. Those are the three options that you have as an, as an ego to not look at what this is. If you see what this is, uh, it's heartbreaking because you see the incredible desolation that is going on with, hum with, with consciousness that is trapped in a, in a situation of being a human being and pushing, pulling, and trying to get some, squeeze some kind of happiness out of samsara. You can't do that. I mean, it won't work. You can't get happiness. The only, the only happiness is to see the truth. And that's not exactly the relative kind of happiness that comes and goes. That happiness is, in the Buddhist tradition, is called bliss because it has no reference point, it has no opposite. And it's, it's not needed to have some kind of a word, so that's what was used. More? If I don't believe an emotion or a feeling, will it stop impacting how I function? Might not. There's no guarantee of anything. You might have to deal with that emotion for years. But how, the way to relate to that emotion is just to look at it. Don't do anything with it. Don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. Don't ignore it. And then you begin to be, begin to see the the texture, the, the how the motion. I'm using my fingers, moving moving them together in the form of warp and woof of the emotion. The way that it's structured, you get to you're no longer afraid of that fire. You march right into that fire and feel that feel that disappointment or feel that whatever that feeling is without coming to any conclusion about it. That's very difficult. Only don't know. Only only don't know what it is. If you know what it is, you've immediately stopped. If you were going down the path uh, to meet enlightenment, 
to meet realization, to meet your true nature, and you believe or disbelieve or ignore anything, the path stops. It's not, not that you couldn't keep going, but it's not happening. You've actually found a rest area, so to speak. More. If your emotions and everything that shows up is unreal, what would you function out of? Paraphrase your question. Just say it a different way. What does he want to know? Was it goodbying? It's a good question. Good word. If all reference points appear as. Oh, okay, stop. All reference points, what? If any reference point that shows up is seen to be unreal. Yes. What would you. How would you function? You would, uh, I'll do my best to say what it is, because uh, it is important to understand it. But you would function out of anything that arose would tell you what to do if, if, any, if, if you needed to do anything. Any this or that or this situation, that situation, anything that arose would just be seen as dependently risen. And you would know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't miss the personality, the personhood that is arising and that people believe in. You would see that too. You would see your own personhood. You would just see that it's unreal. And, and compassion would arise without pretense. You would just, you would just see with your heart. It's not fancy. It wouldn't be whoop-de-doo, I'm seeing with my heart. No, you would just see out of your, of your deep, awareness, consciousness of what this is, because you're no longer obstructing it with your opinions, beliefs, ideas, fears, hopes, and all of that stuff starts to come apart. You would see what I call uh, not separate. I also would call reality. You just see the reality of the, of the entire thing. Interested? Sounds like you are. I think you're sewing a robe, aren't you? Slowly. It's the only way to sew a robe, very slowly. The slower, the better. One stitch a year probably isn't enough, but slowly. You want her to sew one stitch a year? A little faster then I need to speed up. Huh? <laughs> then I need to speed yeah, up. Yeah, speed up. Check with your sewing teacher. She'll tell you. Further questions? Yes, sir. Is that knowing what to do without fear? Knowing what to do without fear? Somewhat, but but if fear arises, if some kind of fear arises in that, uh, in that whole department, you just see it. It might be very, very scary, but it doesn't happen to a person. It happens in the midst of dependent origination. You cannot figure this out intellectually. I mean, you have a powerful intellect, and I would just say, don't bother. Don't bother. Just receive, receive, receive. Receive of this as if it's just it's coming this way. Let it hit you. Let it. It's like rain. It's like it's like somebody drives by with a big truck and hits the hits a puddle of water, and you get splashed all over. That's that's dependent origination, and you're receiving that. You're delighted that, that something has even taken notice, even though it's muddy water. Speaking of muddy waters, has anybody ever heard him play? 
Wow. <laughs> Muddy waters. I like him. <laughs> He's a man. Along with Sonny Terry, of course. More? Is it frustrating for you to watch us not see what you're pointing at? A little bit. Not much. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna cause me to quit. But I might think about it about how would I some people are their way that they're the way in which they're confused is is very much like a a, a hidden knot of something that, that is covered up with something. And so sometimes I kind of what I'm endeavoring to do here is to say something in a kind of a general way that I might say more specifically if I faced you in person and you asked me questions with some gravitas. Maybe I could get deeper into it or help you get deeper into it. But somewhat frustrating. frustrating. With some people it's been more difficult because I love them and don't want to make things harder for them. More? A different question. Um, if someone asks me a question and I say, I don't know, could that be hiding out? Well, it certainly could. But, but it also could be just, you don't, you don't know, or the knowledge you have about that is, is kind of insecure area. You you have some ideas about it, but it's not strong enough that you would say you would respond in a a relative answer, if that's what you're asking. What's the difference between just don't know or only don't know and saying I don't know? Big difference. Only don't know means that you don't know anything no matter what. You actually just don't know anything. But you do that from the from the in, in the way that not knowing anything, but that doesn't mean you can't answer a relative question about something. But, but the only don't know uh, the mind that doesn't know the uh, the freedom uh, freedom uh, as a uh, Krishnamurti uh, the title of one of his books uh, back in the fifties was was uh, a freedom from the known I think it was it might have been somebody else I don't know I don't care but free uh, freedom from the known so it means that you're you're free from what you know. You still know it. You're free from it. You're not. You're not run or controlled by your knowledge. It's, it's powerful, and it's 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 not. Uh, on the one hand, it's very simple. It's right in front of you, and on the other hand, it could take a lifetime. Could take many lifetimes. But I would say, start now. Don't look for results. I'll say it again. Do not look for results. If you're looking for results. You're barking up the wrong uh, telephone pole. Don't look. Don't look for them. Uh, now, when I say that, if you if you receive what I'm saying, you'll also know that if you look for results somewhere, that you won't do anything about it. You won't try to stop it. So, because if if, if you hear that and you try to practice that, you're still going to have a lot of results show up that are going to uh, tantalize you for, well, if that result's showing up, maybe some, there's another one there. Very, very uh, seductive relative truth. But don't look for results. 
you, you may have some results, but don't look for them. Because looking for them can cover up the actual, the actual results uh, that, that are, are going to show up uh, just because of, uh, of other considerations that you may not even understand, you may not see, you may never see. Don't look for results. Just intend. Just intend to see the truth. Sit down, tell yourself, sit down, sit in your in a straight, symmetrical posture, face the wall, and say, say it, just intend, whatever, however you want to say it. Refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the time, Sangha, the teacher. Something, whatever you're doing, I'm not going to give you a formula necessarily, unless you're living here, then I might. But just intend to see what is true. It's such a simple thing, and the teachings of the Buddha could help you do that. You don't have to become a Buddhist. You don't have to believe in Buddhism. You don't have to be, believe in Buddhism to practice it. All you have to do is practice it. How do you practice it? Three, no, uh, there three? No, there's four. Four noble truths, three marks of existence, eightfold path, or the uh, threefold, whatever you call it. I mean, anything you can use, anything that works for you. We're in a society now. We're in a culture now. We're in a time, 2023, where all the historical structures of the past are coming apart. And I'm endeavoring, with the help of my Tibetan master and my Zen master, to bring that teaching together, bring that structure together in the society in a very simple way. We've got what? 40, 49 people, or maybe 49 windows open, but that's a fair amount of people. And I would say to all of those people, same thing. Don't look for results. You can do this. You don't need results. You just need a powerful intention. Whether you need my help in that, that's up to you. If, you're, if, you're, if you need help, I'm all about helping you. My energy to help you comes up from you. I know it when I'm sitting in the hojo and, and a student or a person comes in to talk to me, I just get tremendous energy from, from others. You, you actually give it to me. I, uh, I could, could have stayed home tonight because I uh, uh, just got over being sick for several days. The only benefit from it is I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> And I got to spend a lot of time with, with Unio, who waited on me hand and foot. Is it possible to just observe relative knowledge without functioning out of it? Yes, it is. I don't know if there's going to be a thorough um, success story out of it. But it would, it would slow way down, actually just look at it, receive it, watch what happens, watch what comes and goes, comes and goes. Because what you're doing, if I said it very literally, and I use a, a, a visual aids here, which are my hands, the visual aids are here's, here's relative truth and here's ultimate truth, which we bring those together when we, when we uh, do uh, Anjali or uh, what's that we, what we say in Zen, what is it? Gasho. Yeah. Gasho. 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 Gasho Anjali. So 
when we bring that together, I say, take those apart and look, here's a relative. Our world and what we do and what we like and who we vote for and what we're going to have for lunch and what Rumi said just a little while ago and trying to make sense of that because he's not, he isn't making sense very good. But he's extremely brilliant and he's only four, well, four and a half. And what else? Anything else you think is all relative. All of that stuff is just a relative. It's just a, tons and tons of that relativity. It's amazing. And then here's here's your your consciousness or your awareness or your uh, your your total consciousness is laminated to that. And parts of that are the seventh consciousness of paranoia. That's there, and then the all the sense fields are there. And the eighth consciousness, which is the storehouse, is there. The Ali of Jnana, that's there. And you actually, when you start to function out just out of what you see, what you're aware of without doing anything about it, that, that starts to come apart. And the consciousness that is laminated to the relativity of the whole situation, all the salt and pepper that's in the relative world is so seductive, that's, it doesn't last, you, you don't stop seeing it, but you start, you, it's like you have one foot in eternity and another foot in, in uh, life and death. It's, I don't know how else to say it. It might sound like baloney to you, but I don't care if it, if it doesn't make any sense to you. And if you think that what I'm saying is unimportant, please do something else. I don't, I don't want to waste your time. Do something else. Do what you need to do for yourself. It may not be this. If it is this, I'm all about helping you. And I'm, but I'm not about persuading you or I have no advertisements for this. I there's no guarantee, as my teacher said, there are no guarantees. And with Coben, <laughs> I couldn't even get his attention. But yet he was, he was, um, he was my teacher, a profound teacher that was practically invisible. And he was light as a feather. So anyway, before this comes together, after this separates, you can use that or not. But, but consciousness only is, uh, is, not in, is not necessarily bound to or um, owes no allegiance to the, rel to the relative world. And at the same time, it's not separate from it. It is... A, a, I said eternity. I'm saying this is eternity. This is the other world. Right now, this is it. Right now. Don't believe it. Don't believe what I'm saying. Consider it. Think about it. Reflect on it. Practice a lot. Face the wall. Sit down. Hold still. Sit symmetrical. Eyes open. Everything is open. And just receive whatever comes up, no matter how much, how it feels like crap or how or it feels great or if you go into a daydream or if you... You use your imagination, it comes up and you start uh, practicing a recipe that you're going to make something. That doesn't matter. It's the awareness that is important. It is not about having a clear, pure mind. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. You can actually be with all the thoughts and emotions and, and the various chemistry of the ego that comes up. Just, just observe it, observe it, observe it, and slowly... You are, you are delaminating yourself from what arises. You can't delaminate if you push the thoughts away. 
So if you try to not think, people come to me sometimes and say, I just can't stop my thoughts. I can't, I'm just think, 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 think all the time. And I, I say, good. Just watch them. Anyone on the line? Chisho, go ahead. Chisho Aoing. Uh, this afternoon at the book study, uh, only when you pointed it out, uh, I realized I was creating a reference point out of something. Is there a way in our practice to uh, recognize it or recognize when we are creating a reference point? How to observe creating a reference point? Well, I think you were doing it. <clears throat> it's it's a slight move from what is arising to to something about what is arising. So whatever arises, we thoughts arise about that. If you have a but to some who someone who is realized, they might have have horrible thoughts. Um, and, and I, you know, not that I'm so realized, but I have horrible thoughts about people that really piss me off. You know, politicians that are threatening people and you know all of that I, I, I have I'm not going to go into them right now but I have really evil thoughts about those people but I don't do anything with it I'm not going to do anything to them but that but I'm part of this whole matrix I am not separate I'm not some wonderful person separate from the incredible aggression passion aggression and ignorance that's showing up in our society like I once said uh, to on uh, the Shambhala a question on the an enlightened society. Was it there I said that? I know someone asked me a question. I can't remember who it was, but asked me why I left Shambhala. And I said, I, I am Shambhala. I, I am. I had a, a Shambhala teacher, Chogyam uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, and, and, and then his uh, teachers and so on. I learned from them. And so I don't practice it exactly the way uh, to... Um, that they might prescribe, I think that might be confusing for people. But what this comes out of this, uh, it comes out of all the, the training that I've had over the last close to 50 years. And so uh, I, I say we, we just have to, to have a willingness to experience our minds as they are, as they are, as it is. That's why I have that name, as it is meditation. So what arises, you can actually feel the the deep uh, um, stress and difficulty that arises in the mind stream. Don't cover up that cover that up with trying to be good or trying to be. There's a lot of teachings that go that direction, and I'm I'm okay with that. Some people, that's all they can do. There's some people, uh, all they can do is have a therapist, which is not wrong. Therapists help people. They help especially help people that that will not meditate. Uh, I'm not saying they couldn't, but they probably won't because they're, they're paranoid, perhaps, about that. So, so that, that kind of reference point, um, what happens is that whatever shows up, we make a reference point out of it. So the idea is the radical approach to it is to just Train yourself. So whatever moves in the mind, no matter how smelly, how dirty, how prickly, how, 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 don't abandon it for, any, for anything about it. 
don't create it's a, it might be a reference point to some extent but basically it's so difficult that we, we want to get away from it so one of the ways of doing it is to think things about it passion or to push on it aggression or the other one that is more difficult to, to, to handle is to just stop looking at it just ignore it just distract yourself into into some into some other activity you make the body do something go, go for a jog or go for a walk or something going for a walk Deliberately going for a walk and get, have it where the body is moving, you can ignore. And you can ignore by watching the scenery. Is that wrong? No, you should do that. Maybe you need to do that quite a bit. But get back to the cushion and start with a radical, simple, direct, minimal approach to the mind, which is sit down, hold still, sit vertical, or, uh, and uh, uh, symmetrical. And just watch what happens. Observe what happens. Do it over and over and over and over again. See the truth yourself. Is there a further, final, maybe final question? Monica Bowling. Monica, go ahead. Can, can the intention become a reference point or a form of passion? I think it can. But it's... Uh, uh, it still needs to be worked with that way until one sees the passion part of it. So just return to the intention. The intention is simple, straightforward. I want to see this. I'm going to see the nature of my mind. And it could be a simple statement like that that you could say, or you could use the, uh, the vows uh, and just continue to return to it. And then you will see if you do that, because that's that, that intention is a, is is a is a kind of outflow but it's also one where you're receiving you're receiving because you can't help but receive anytime you push out you're going to receive something and what you receive from that intention is how dark it is out there and how impossible this looks because that and that the 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 what is coming to conclusions there about the darkness and impossibility is ego and that has to be that ego needs to uh, go with you as long as it can and eventually it comes apart because it's unreal it's created and that will eventually fall off it's like barnacles on a ship they just they can't stay there because there's no the, the, the causes and conditions that keep things in place like that confusion come apart there's no guarantee but i say do it anyway further question monica no thank you so um the intention is is the last reference point, so to say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the vow, and it can be the bodhisattva vow, and it can also be just the intention. If you don't want to receive that vow, you know, I, I don't know. I think that's the way to do it. But also, uh, that's also an intention. I intend to see the truth myself, and you can use the help of a teacher. I don't think you can do this without a teacher. Um, I, I think, that, and I also don't think you necessarily have to be sit, sitting in the teacher's lap, although that would might help if you did. But just having that intention, having that that intention, and even having a teacher you can talk to occasionally. I only talked to Trungpa Rinpoche four times, but it was very important when I when I talk. I asked him questions that were really important to me that helped me 
get get on, stay on the path and and be I was highly devoted to that uh, Tibetan monk and I also was highly devoted to Hakoban uh, but it wasn't until just before his death that that started to show up I, I didn't know who he was until suddenly I knew who he was and I I went there and he had passed okay we can uh, Return to sitting until uh, evening service. Okay. Return to service until Return evening sitting. sitting. <laughs> I want to ask you to help us expand, protect, bring energy into this mandala. So if you can go to the website, the donate page, and help us, if you can, if you can. And if you would like to see these teachings continue. <laughs>